Hello, and welcome to episode five of A Pod About a Pod, a podcast about podcasts featuring commentary, critique, and sneak peeks of a different show every episode. I'm your host, Jordan Pierce, and you're sitting shotgun on a bi-weekly quest for the best podcasts. There's a couple other things I know about you. For example, there's a 76% chance that you're between the ages of 18 and 27. Odds are better than a coin toss that you are female identifying. In the past, I may have assumed you were American, but turns out we have podheads listening in the UK, Ireland, Mexico, Switzerland, Canada, Norway, Malaysia, Panama, and Nigeria. How cool is that? Anyway, if you couldn't tell, I recently discovered the analytics section of my podcasting platform, and I'm very excited about it. Guess what else I'm excited about? Podcast X, of course. Today's Pod X is the Bechtel cast. And guess what else? They have a catchy ass intro song that has been constantly stuck in my head for the past two weeks, three weeks, actually, because this episode is a week late. I do apologize for that, but it's finals week for me right now. And this episode is actually doubling as the final project for my digital writing process course. Hi, Professor Lovato. So, yeah. Expect a slightly more critical academic episode today about a more critical academic podcast. Also, I figured out a less labor-intensive way to capture better quality sneak peeks from now and going forward. Turns out Android can screen record the same as Apple. Go figure. I did want to offer a retroactive apology to the podcast I featured in episodes one through four because, or one through three, I guess, because the representation of their sound quality may have been degraded as a result of the previous method I was using to get sneak peeks. So I am sorry about that. And all of us can enjoy more consistent and integrity driven audio from now on. As always, we begin with what to expect. Now, I didn't mean to leave you on a cliffhanger about that very catchy intro song, or maybe I did, but either way, let's listen to it now. On the Bechdel cast, the questions asked if movies have women in them. Are all their discussions just boyfriends and husbands, or do they have individualism? The patriarchy's effing vast. Start changing it with the Bechdel cast. To be honest, what I really wanted to do was learn the guitar chords for the song so I could like play it for you guys, my own little cover, but I wasn't able to find the chords anywhere online and I didn't have time to figure it out by ear. So instead, follow along with me as we break down the lyrics and get a sense of what to expect from the Bechtel cast. I'm the Bechtel cast, the question asked, do movies have women in them? So the show uses a media metric called the Bechtel test, which has the following criteria. The movie needs at least two female identifying characters who both have names and have a conversation with each other about something other than a man. So I'll explain more about the test in quick history. But for now, let's move on to the next lyric. Are all their discussions just boyfriends and husbands or do they have individualism? Right? So far, so good. And then the end, the patriarchy's effing vast. Start changing it with the Bechtel cast. I hope you guys didn't mind the acapella. I just really enjoyed the song. So from the theme song, we learned to expect a podcast about the representation of women in movies. And that's exactly what we get from the Bechtel cast in a new episode every Thursday. The show is organized into segments similar to what I do here. And each upload kicks off with the co-hosts and usually a guest host explaining their relationship to the movie. 
When did they first watch it? How many times have they seen it? Any significant memories attached to the movie? Things like that. Then, Caitlin dives into an amusing recap of the plot arc, followed by a group conversation on the representation of the female characters in the movie, examining like dialogue and wardrobe choices, really anything. And it mixes in as well further feminist commentary about women in the movie industry. So they talk about female directors and actresses controversies, inequities, anything you might imagine. And here's a little sample so you can hear for yourself. This sneak peek is from their episode on the Titanic. And in this soundbite, they're discussing Jack and Rose and then just Rose more as a female character. He does give us like, he's like, you're the most amazingly incredible, brave girl, woman I've ever known. And he like, he doesn't say anything about her looks. He's just like commenting entirely on her like strength of character. And then he like accidentally calls her a girl. He's like, no, you're even though you're 17, you're a woman. And I was like, yeah, good, good job. Oh, I Jack. forgot she's supposed to be 17. I think so. She right. Does not like 17. But yeah, <laughs> she's um, like 902107. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that like kind of empowering moment. There's the one where, oh, it, early on in the movie, there's a scene where they're at dinner and Rose like blows smoke in her fa- mom's face. She's like, I don't care that you don't like me smoking. And then Billy Zane tries to order, order food. Food for, her. for her and yeah and then um molly's like are you gonna cut her meat for her too so you have these a few, like few moments early on where you like see women being like pretty badass and and then there's this scene where she's like trying to commit suicide and jack's like oh you know ice fishing he like is trying to mansplain <laughs> ice fishing oh no to her and she's like i know what ice fishing is <laughs> And I loved that. Mm-hmm. I just loved... I'm just going to do that anytime someone mansplains something yeah. to me. Even if I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I know what ice fishing is, okay? I've never been ice fishing. I have no idea how it works. That's when you uh, poke a hole in the ice mm-hmm. and then you put your line. Yeah, line I know what there. ice fishing is. I, see, there you right. go. It was in an episode of Frasier once. Oh, yeah? Oh, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. Shortly after that, there's a line where that, I don't even know who this character is, but he's like, it's like I always say, women and machinery do not mix. It's like one of the Guggenheims. Wait, when was that? Oh, I think I remember. Oh, it's whenever she, Rose does a very good Caitlin impression. She's like, I was leaning far over to see the, uh, the, uh, um, the, uh, the, uh, 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 rudders. That's me talking because I can't say a single sentence without (laughs) filling it with like 10 vocal fillers. After the recap and subsequent conversation around the movie's content, the co-hosts discuss if the movie actually passes the Bechdel test and then rate it on a scale of 0 to 5 nipples on the overall representation of the female identifying characters. So, for example, with the Rocky Horror Picture Show, I believe both Caitlin and Jamie, in addition to their co-hosts, all gave the movie one and a half nipples and then they iterated on where they would distribute the nipples. So one gave one to Susan Sarandon and a half nipple to Tim Curry. And one person gave one and a half nipples all to Riff Raff. Uh, that's just me, Riff Raff and myself. I don't remember off the top of my head how they distributed the nipples, but you get the idea. Occasionally, the Bechdel cast includes a context corner segment with additional information that's tangentially related to the movie. And speaking of context, Quick History will begin after the music transition, and I'm going to circle back with some additional information about the test itself. 
The criteria now known as the Bechtel test first appeared in 1985 in Alison Bechtel's comic strip, Thanks to Watch Out For. In a strip titled The Rule, two women discuss seeing a film and one woman explains that she only goes to see a movie if it satisfies the following requirements. One, the movie has to have at least two women in it. Two, who talk to each other. Three, about something other than a man. The test has also been referred to as the Bechtel-Wallace test, which Bechtel herself prefers for reasons I'll explain in just a moment, the Bechtel rule, Bechtel's law, or the Mo movie measure. Bechtel credited the idea for the test to her friend and karate training partner Liz Wallace, so it would make sense that she feels like she should get equal credit with it. Bechtel was pretty certain that Wallace herself was inspired by Virginia Woolf's essay, A Room of One's Own, which is a classic text in the progression of feminism. In June 2018, the term Bechtel test was added to the Oxford English Dictionary, and I think that's how you know you've made it. So that was some background on the test itself, and now I'm going to let the co-hosts tell you their origin story themselves in your next sneak peek. This is a little backstory about the Bechtel cast from their Q&A episode. After the sneak peek, it's time for a little break, and then afterwards, we'll kick off Meet the Talent. This comes from Linnea. They ask, how did you two meet? We met in Boston. Mm -hmm. We met in Boston doing comedy. Do you, I remember, maybe we've talked about this before. I don't, maybe just in the Matreon. I don't remember. But I think the year would have been 2014 That's or no, 2013 maybe. Uh -huh. I had just started doing stand up. I was 20. Mm -hmm. You were cool oh. and doing, it was at, at that show in Jamaica Door, Plain, Jamaica Plain, Boston Comedy Chicks. Yes. And you were doing it. I was doing it. I was still very new to stand up. You were like established in the Boston scene. And you literally, because we were sitting at the same table, uh -huh. I think there was like free pizza. And <laughs> I didn't, I just like didn't talk to anybody. I didn't know how to talk to anybody. But you talked to me and you were talking about your master's degree. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I'm finishing grad school right now. I was like, wow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and that um, sounds like me, but that's, that's classic. Actually, that doesn't sound like me because I hate to bring up my master's degree. So. <laughs> you were really breaking form <laughs> by really talking about your master's degree. Were you mistaking me for someone else? Because <laughs> I don't think I would ever mention my master's degree in screenwriting from Boston University. That was Maybe that's not the first time we met, but that's the first time I remember us having a conversation. Yeah, same. Yeah. Well, it was nice. And then we that? both used to do, you used to be in a sketch group at the theater that I worked at. Yes, at yes. Improv Boston. Yes. Yeah, we got to know each other a little better that way. And then I moved to LA, I think a year before you did. Yes. And then literally as soon as you moved here, I was like, do you want to do a podcast with me? And I'm like, okay. And that diddly means it's time to meet the talent. I have two co-hosts that I will be talking about today. And let's start with the lovely Caitlin Durante. She is a Los Angeles-based comedian, writer, podcaster, instructor, story analyst, and a Paddington fan. Understandably, bears are her favorite animal. She does a bunch of stand-up and has participated in festivals like the New York Comedy Festival, San Francisco's Sketchfest, 
the Women in Comedy Festival, and the Out of Bounds Comedy Festival. Caitlin also teaches stand-up comedy to seniors at the Los Angeles LGBT Center, which just warms my heart, as well as screenwriting classes and workshops all over the place and online, putting that master's degree in screenwriting from Boston University to good use. In that Q&A episode, Caitlin says her sexuality is somewhere between asexual and to be determined, and according to her Twitter, She's never seen Spongebob, and that kind of breaks my heart, to be honest. Jamie Loftus, on the other hand, loves herself some Spongebob because she is a sane, well-adjusted human being. Also, she does stand-up comedy, too, of course, and that's how she and Caitlin met. Her often absurdist humor, sometimes bordering on performance heart, has included pretending to date an American Girl doll, joining Mensa as a joke, and selling Shrek nudes with her body painted green to raise money for Planned Parenthood. And she also was like eating a copy of a book, a page a day, something like that. So she likes to eat paper. In summer of 2018, she was hired as a writer for the long running adult swim show, Robot Chicken. She's bisexual, a Bernie Sanders supporter, a cat owner, and her middle name is Bethany. I hope that barrage of fun facts about the co-hosts of the Bechtel cast has you feeling like you know these ladies a little better. One of the best ways to really get to know someone, I think, is to be with them in an emotionally compromising moment. For the first time in APAAP history, I am going to share two sneak peeks from the same episode. Right now, let's join Jamie and Caitlin once again, now in the moments after they finish watching the movie Titanic, for some extra insights into their psyches. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's me laughing. And that's Jamie <laughs> sobbing. <laughs> I'm a... Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> it's so sad. I know. They love each other so much. They love each other. And, then, and everyone's there. <laughs> Uh, is that supposed to be like a dream or is it supposed to be heaven? It's heaven, is it? <laughs> I was always like, oh, she just falls asleep and it's a dream. No, heaven. Do she she dies and then she goes to heaven where everyone's waiting for her to kiss someone. <laughs> That's what it's like for her. I love her so much. Everyone's just hanging out. And yeah. Jack is in his, like, poor people clothes. And he's looking at the clock. Yeah. <laughs> it's so sad. But it's so happy. <laughs> it's okay. Um, I wish I wasn't such a weird robot and that I was more... No, I'm, I'm overdoing it. <laughs> We've also had probably five glasses of wine each. I can't believe it. It's never less sad. Okay, I think I'm back. Okay, good. <laughs> I think I just sobbed for like 10 minutes. No, that was... What's up, guys? I'm sorry that I was like, oh, we should record this now. We're still crying. So the movie has ended. Yes, there. We just, it's, we just finished. We've been through a, uh, a journey together. Exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that movie so much. We were quoting every line of dialogue. We knew every line in the movie. Yeah. It wasn't even a bit. No. It was just... And our friend Courtney, who she was probably very she, annoyed with us, because she was like, guys, 
can you stop? I'm trying to pay attention to the <laughs> movie. <laughs> and we're just like, there's going to be one less on this boat if you, if you don't shut that hole in your face. I'm really happy they decided to get some clips in the moments right after the movie ended just to get the rawness of their visceral reactions. And it's not something they do a lot in their uh, podcast, to be honest, but they did it in this instance and I wanted to share it because how cool and what a neat idea. I feel like it might be something they should do more. Speaking of what is going right with the Bechtel cast, let's leap in to why it's worth it. So I first discovered the Bechtel cast as part of a homework assignment for that digital writing process class I'm taking in college. One thing I admire most about the show is its consistency. You know what movie is going to be discussed and with what co-host from the episode title. You know you'll get a movie recap with the key plot points and movie moments discussed, probably along with some intersectional insight. Our layperson's eyes might not see that a master's in screenwriting from Boston University just might. Expect analysis from everything from the acting to the cinematography. While Caitlin and Jamie are from similar backgrounds and demographics, they make an effort to bring diversity to their discourse through the variety of guest hosts and bringing attention to the portrayal of queer and POC characters in addition to exploring the representations of women. I also like that they aren't afraid to disagree, which often deepens the discussion. Take this next sneak peek as an example of why the Bechtel cast is worth the listen. It's a little over three and a half minutes long, and for context, they're discussing the mentor-mentee relationship that's featured in the movie Black Swan. The predatory relationship between uh, Thomas and Nina. Yeah. Because this is another part of the movie that I really struggle with because on one hand it's depicting a predatory situation where you know he has the power he's make he's calling the shots he is who determines who gets certain roles and she is kind of like powerless to she has to kind of succumb to his authority and power and he manipulates her based on this power dynamic uh, or this power in balance but what what I don't like to see necessarily even though it might be realistic is that she is punished at the end and he is not she is punished I, because she is dead and he that is thrives is dead and that again <laughs> might be a realistic depiction of how these predatory relationships often go but it's just another reason this movie really bums me out but I think With- it's I think that like misogyny is a bummer. <laughs> Go on. Men abusing power is for sure a bummer. <laughs> but it, it happens. That's why we're sitting here. You know, like I, I just I don't know. I, I, I feel I agree with you and I like I don't think that there's really an empowering message to take away from this movie, but I also don't think that that's what it's trying to do. I feel like it's more trying to demonstrate if you fold to every pressure being forced on you by whatever system you're existing in, it will crush you. And and so then you have to leave the theater being like, well, what are my other options? Mm-hmm. You know, like I just I, I felt like and 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 some of the criticism I was reading that was like kind of when it was coming out ten years ago was that it was 
weirdly revolutionary in 2010 to see a man that you knew abusing you that was like in your workplace where mm-hmm. so often and I feel like um, something that came out around the same time was like Girl with a Dragon Tattoo I think came out a, a year later where you see a very clear sexual predator who's a total stranger and I feel like that is mostly the way that predators are portrayed in fiction is like a sexual predator is someone you don't know a sexual predator is someone who sneaks up on you mm-hmm. and like you you won't there's no way to prepare for it there's no way to recognize it in the world that you live in and black swan very clearly places it like this is a person she knows this is a person who has a clear motive for like weaponizing his power against her mm-hmm. and it's not comfortable to see but it is realistic like and it and i feel like you know you see it dealt with by a number of different women. You see that Nina is not fully prepared on how to deal with it because he is the patriarch in this situation and she, as far as we know, doesn't have any other relationships to compare it with. Mm-hmm. We see that uh, Lily sees it and has seen it before and is like, this is bullshit. I'm not going to deal with this beyond what I have to. And... I don't know. I mean, I I think it's an uncomfortable portrayal, but it feels like realistic, if a little melodramatic at moments, to like things that exist. And I appreciate it on that level. Caitlin and Jamie's differing receptions and interpretations of the same movie serve as a testament to the subjective nature of film and the objective responsibility of those who create movies for public consumption. Their analysis starts within the text of a movie, but extrapolates into the society that we all live in and share, and explores various consequences media representation has in the real world. The comedy comes from many self-referential or running jokes, such as Jamie's obsession with actor Alfred Molina, or the fact that the Bechdel cast can't go an episode without somehow mentioning a steampunk in some way, shape, or form. They also flip the table on objectification, often talking about men and their bodies in a similar way that men talk about women and their bodies, which might make some listeners uncomfortable, but I find it hilarious. They talk a lot about dicks. Like, 20 minutes of the Matrix episode is spent debating whether or not Neo has a dick. (laughs) The Bechdel cast features some humor, some theory, and ultimately some room for improvement. Y'all like what I did there? Just making sure you're still awake. So let's get one thing straight. I'm a Bechtel head myself, else I wouldn't be featuring their podcast on mine. These are just some friendly suggestions from one point of view, which is mine, on how to bring the show from awesome to extraordinary. Most of the movies Podcast X talks about are blockbuster American classics, prioritized for their mainstream popularity. I can see the strategy and thought process behind showcasing the movies that the most people have seen in order to get the best download numbers for your podcast, but opening up media space for marginalized communities starts with choosing what content to promote. For example, they've featured black movies only during Black History Month, and why limit it to that? Their analysis of foreign films is also scarce, although I'm betting y'all right now $10 that they are going to do an episode on Parasite. Mark my words. One of the main complaints I have about the Bechdel cast is their frequent cross-referencing of episodes. I can understand the temptation, especially if you're recording more than one episode in a sitting, but it distracts from the movie being discussed in the episode at hand and makes a show with a potentially evergreen premise less enjoyable to listen to out of order. 
I do enjoy the highly conversational tone of the show. However, it is a result of minimalist editing, which leaves a lot of vocal fillers and tangential conversation and produces long episodes that ultimately rival the lengths of the movies they discuss. At least the rawness of their live recordings tends not to be super noticeable. Welcome to the Peanut Gallery, a.k.a. the end of the show. I hope you enjoyed learning more about the Bechtel cast, a comedy podcast that examines the portrayal of women in movies through an intersectional feminist lens. If you'd like to learn more about the ideology I used in this episode during my analysis of Podcast X, let me recommend to you one of the textbooks from my college course, which is Digitizing Race, Visual Cultures of the Internet by Lisa Nakamura. In it, Lisa Nakamura, a leading scholar in the examination of race in digital media, uses case studies of parts of the internet such as pregnancy websites, instant messaging, and online petitions and quizzes to look at the emergence of race, ethnic, and gender-identified visual cultures. While popular media such as Hollywood cinema continue to depict non-white, non-males as passive audiences or consumers of digital media rather than producers, Nakamura argues the contrary that users of color and women use the internet to vigorously articulate their own types of virtual community, avatar bodies, and racial politics. Before we wrap up, I have one last sneak peek just for fun and to ensure that their intro song gets stuck in your head for all time. Let's listen to an audience singing the intro song of the Bechtel cast. Hi, everybody. How are you? Okay, cool. Very smooth intro to the show. Okay, so uh, we don't have the ability to play our uh, theme song tonight, so here's what we were thinking. You guys know the words, right? (laughs) Yes? Okay, we have a solid four people willing to participate in this sick exercise we just came up with. Okay, Uh, should we just count them in? (laughs) One, two, three. No one started there. Okay, wait, okay, I'm gonna count to three and then someone, someone take the lead, please. Okay, one, two, three. Good job. Are all their discussions with boyfriends and husbands or do they have individualism? Patriarchies have been passed, start changing it with a Bechdel cast. Thank you, that's the show. Just kidding, all right, we're coming out, hi! As always, thank you for joining me on another episode in my quest to find the best of podcasts. Follow A Pod About A Pod on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram to instantly become one of the coolest people on the planet. Easiest way to do it. You could also email us at apodaboutapod at gmail.com with whatever's on your mind, especially if it's a suggestion for a show you think deserves to be featured on APAAP. Our next episode is slated for two weeks from now, May 17th. Until then, happy listening.